Welcome back to Movie Trailers Podcast. Your host Chris here with Ro, and we are here, or at least Ro is, to talk about the film Gran Turismo, based on the unbelievable, inspiring story of a team of underdogs, a struggling working class gamer, and a failed former race car driver, and an idealistic uh, motorsport exec who risked it all to take on one, uh, take on the most elite sport in the world. Um, what do you think of this film? Where did you get that synopsis? Terrible. It's literally off of IMDb. This is literally all they do. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is where I read Yeah. Okay, that synopsis is indicative of everything that has happened with the, uh, the marketing and publicity for Gran Turismo. I actually enjoy this movie. I'm pleasantly surprised because I haven't really liked a Neil Blomkamp movie since District 9. Not really. But it's a blend of uh, kind of a live action look at the video game system for Gran Turismo and the biopic of Jan Martinborough. And I thought that was a really smart move. Um, it's got some really good racing stuff. I actually saw the movie with some car enthusiasts who say um, a lot of the way that they did the footage for the, the different tracks they had them on is really smart way. Um, the story is pretty straightforward biopic out of Jan's life. And Archie uh, Maduki, I'm messing up folks' names, so I apologize in advance. But Archie, the actor who plays him, um, he plays a kid who's late teens, early 20s. He's dropped out of school. All he's ever wanted to do is drive professionally. Um, and he's one of the elite Gran Turismo players in the entire world. And then you have Orlando Bloom's character, Danny, who pitches to Nissan a way to get in with the demographic that still likes cars, but doesn't think Nissan was to do a competition with a, a game academy to prove that you could take a gamer and put him in the real seat of a car on a racetrack and not get him or anyone else killed, and that he could actually win. And it seems really simplistic, and I'm noticing a lot of people who like to kind of riff on the the the, the whole based on a true story because they keep putting it everywhere, but it's because they're trying to separate this away from other movies that are just inspired by the racing game movies. You know, kind of like Speed Racer, which... Did you see Speed Racer, Chris? Nope don't it's terrible it's it's supposed to be kitschy it's supposed to have a lot of different kind of you know wink nod pop culture and gameplay but what the have you ever played Gran Turismo nope uh, I mean it, I think at one point I think it came with one of the I, I think it was like one of the Xboxes one of the like the isn't, isn't that the game I think one of those games they always have a racing game that like launches at the because it's like I never want to play it, but it's supposed to make the, the game systems like look really good. But I never get it because it's like, at some point you're just like, I'm just a racing game. I don't, I don't care. It's like, yeah. So no, I don't. <laughs> okay, so you've done the de- at least the demo setup for Gran Turismo to set up your like your... You, you like when I say probably over ten years ago. Yes. Right. Yeah. But one of the reasons why they use Gran Turismo is because it actually was one of the ones that was the most realistic and very specifically detailed and 
calibrated for not only the gaming system, but actually to be the biggest sim experience, which is why you could use it and you would get optimum setup for your gaming system. The man who made it, and I am not going to butcher this Japanese name. Uh, first name starts with a K, last name Yamaguchi. Um, and his group, they set out to develop this game, and it took five years to develop. The movie is not that. But they give you a good flavor of that, so you at least kind of have a sense that you're dealing with something that is real. People are extremely addicted to it in the sense that they build their lives around Gran Turismo tournaments the same way other people do, like Overwatch and other games. I am a terrible real-life driver, but I love racing. So a lot of the tracks that they used, um, that they went to for the and got the polyphony digital capture, I've watched races on those tracks. So this movie for me was a combination of wondering how they were going to bring this guy's life and how they were going to incorporate it into the fact that it's still kind of a game adaptation movie because they do some really so cool stuff with the the visuals and it looks really good. Like when they want to kind of give you the simulated experience of being in the game or kind of doing the this is in the mind of the gamer, they do some really cool digital visual shit and it's nice. It's also a reminder that um, when you don't stress your VFX and CGI teams out so badly that they just start repeating themselves with blurry, you know, watercolored skies because they're exhausted, you can get some sharp, crisp um, an integration between real practical scenes and digital overlays. So that was really small. But the reality is this guy's life is a completely insane story that he actually was a kid who just played this video game in his room and he was so good that not only did he win his place in the racing academy and then prove to uh jack sattler played by pretty pretty well by david harbour but i'm i'm a david harbour apologist i pretty much think that he is a character actor who doesn't get nearly enough credit for how solid he always is in his performances and he again, he puts a solid performance here. And it's like, I think a lot of people feel like some of the things that they're doing to stitch this story together have to be the made-up stuff. But there are some gnarly, gnarly race scenes in here. There is an insane wreck in here. It all feels unbelievable. But if you know anything about Yen Martinborough's life, all of this shit happened in his life. It does not happen in the order in the movie. They take license with moments that were pivotal in his life to stitch together a, an inspired narrative for this movie. So some of the stuff you're seeing happened. It happened to him. It did not happen in the way... It, it may even have happened in the way that you see it in the movie. It didn't happen at the time. Um, I think one of the biggest complaints I said about movies like Bohemian Rhapsody is they paid fast and loose with times and way that really kind of fucked up the story of Queen. I think we talked about that. Did mm -hmm. we talk about that? Yes. Okay. Well, the difference with that is in order to make a narrative that makes sense out of this kind of absolutely extraordinary order, they they put certain events in a different order in the movie. So there's there's a moment in his life, in his real life, that a huge, massive thing happens to him. 
they make it happen two years earlier in the movie because they use that as kind of like the cinematic pivot point where he has to decide who he is and is he gonna really have the grit to get back in because the reality is he just in in the real life he really buckled down and he just refused to lose and i don't know what it is but when people can't figure out a way to make a struggle narrative into struggle porn because that doesn't necessarily fit how things really work they will then kind of you know play a little checkers to move things around in order so they can give you the hollywood storyline and so yeah they hollywood story a real life story and it's actually really interesting especially once you get to the driving you get in the car there's a little bit of head set up um uh uh, Mr. Um, let's see, what's his name? Uh, Jaman Hansu was in this movie. He plays um, just, Yan's father. I was just going to mention, this is, might be, this is, the, this is the first time in years that he's played a character with a first and last name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hate you. Yes, yeah, he just, does. And just, he is very much so a black father. Just saying, he's like, just, just, just you know, facts for facts. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, yes, he, yes. Yes, he has he has the first and the last name in this movie, and now that is all I'm gonna remember. I hate you so much. Um but he he turns in a solid performance. Um they finesse a couple things, but he makes it work because again, character actor doesn't get nearly as much respect as he should for the work that he puts into the story. Um Orlando Bloom plays Danny Moore, who's the marketing guy with Nissan, and he's just smarmy enough where you want to punch him in the face but overall sincere enough to that the, the three of them together kind of make this story work a little um but i was pleasantly surprised it's sli- it's a little longer than i think it needs to be but i like racing and they give you a big part um where you get to see a significant amount of some of the race that's one of the most dangerous 24-hour races in the business is the Le Mans. And, um, as it leads up to the climax of the movie, you get to see some other things that were happening that um, they're also really true. Danny Moore, the marketing, he went out way on a limb for this. And when things looked like they were about to not look, turn out the way that he thought they were, you know, they doubled down. And so then you get to see other people who were gamers who get brought in. And this is where you get into some of the, you know, facts and fictions get a little blurry. But uh it it's got good pacing it looks really well uh the the writing is smart enough to where it holds even when it feels unbelievable the ironic thing is the parts that feel most unbelievable about this story are probably the ones that would be most true and they handled things with respect there's a gnarly ass accident that happened in Jan's life that they move in the movie and it, um they do a they do a really respectable job of handling that accident that happened in real life where there were fatalities with, uh, with, you know, with courtesy and dignity and circumspection, the way they use it in the movie, um, isn't how it happened in real life, but how they reconstructed it was extremely well done and not exploitive at all. And I thought that was really smart, but yeah, I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm very happy that, you know, has stopped trying to make his own cinematic universe happen like he was doing with District 9, Chappie, and Elysium. Um, because as much as he may like um, that concept, I don't think it's his ministry. Um, 
What? No, I didn't say anything. Did you know? No. Oh, did you, you did did you know that he was actually trying to build a cinematic universe with his I movies? That I did not know. Yeah. Um, um, I did a random rewatch last month, and I realized that the corporation that carries over from District Nine is also the same corporation in Chappie. That's also the same corporation in Elysium. So he actually was trying to build out this whole corporate overlord theme ideology and thing that was coming out of there that he had started in District 9, but I don't think he ever really sat down and thought it all the way through, which is why Elysium and Chappie got the reception that they got. Now, I love District 9, and I don't care what anyone says. It's one of my favorite movies. Uh, the, the, that particular type of sci-fi. But, yeah. Um, this might be... This, this kind of filmmaking, this kind of direction, how it's cut, um, how they use sound how they blended it in. And the real guy, Jan Mataburo, actually is the stunt driver for Archie in the movie. Mm. So a lot of the driving that you get to see, that's really Jan. I, I, was, I was shocked. I mean, I stayed invested. And we've all had the conversation this year about why our movie's all over two hours. This didn't need to be over two hours, but I stayed invested from beginning to end. Okay. Had you had you even heard about this one? I did. Um, the problem was they sent it to us last minute. Um, like literally, like the well, I don't even know they didn't send it to me. I I just saw it in the list. It was like the day before, and I was like, and it was in a theater that was not easy to get to. So I was like, nah. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, I think this is gonna look just as good at home as it did in the theater, but. If you do see it in the theater, I highly recommend seeing it in Adobe. They did a really good job with the sound engineering, um, and the sound design is great. The score is great. There, uh, and but I this look, they're not working really hard to try to sell you something that's above their weight. It, like this is a game. This is a movie based on what would happen if someone turned gameplay into real life, and they got lucky in being able to ground that kind of concept in a biographical story that is directly driven out of the game. Like, I mean, in what world do you really think you're going to find a kid? Well, now in 2023, we know about it because the, the Nissan Academy is a thing and the Gamer Academy is a thing. But, you know, to actually find someone who's been successful, like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. How many how many industries do you think that you're going to get to do that for the movie? So um, I thought it was really smart. Uh, they made it very clear how these things come together. They don't dig really hard, so you get that feel-good movie. And they don't make a lot of the mistakes that Days of Thunder made. Mm. But it's not quite as crisp and as in-depth a biopic-type story as Ford versus Ferrari. So it falls somewhere in between, which I think is a smart call for a movie that's basically a game or adaptation blended into a biopic. Yeah. I... With a little side of love. Yeah. Okay. What would, you I... give, what would you give it out of 10? Um, I give this a solid 7. I was surprised. I mean, I know it's getting panned by critics. It's got a terrible critic score. It's got a pretty, pretty high audience score. And I think the audience 
that wants for this movie is speaking much louder than the critics who watch this movie. Because I guarantee you, even if most of them have played a game, they're filthy casuals. Hmm. If that makes yeah. sense. I mean, but a, I also, yeah. yeah, it didn't feel like, well, I think it's also hard to kind of judge because again, <laughs> actor on writer strike right now, they've been doing it as much as they can for promotion for this. But it doesn't feel like, you know, a four versus Ferrari type deal where you were like, you knew that was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. But it also doesn't feel like a speed race or anything like that. It felt like they actually took it serious. Like, you know, so, but it's just, yeah, it's one of the things I just wasn't, you know what, it, you know what it is? You know what the problem is? I think the problem is the name. I understand that why they did it that way. But I think when you name a movie after a video game. And I know it's not, that's not the purpose, but even the way they marketed it, I think when you try to do it that way, people immediately go, oh, another movie based on a video game. That sounds stupid. Like Need for Speed. I think they mm-hmm. should probably, if they named it something else, I think it probably would have, I think, I think even, and this is, you know, spoiler alert for those out there who don't understand, critics are also uh, biased pieces of shit. I can almost guarantee you if they named it something different and didn't name it after a video game, uh, that the critic score would be different. That is something I, that would be. That is something you know what I, I I almost wish there was a way to test that theory. Like show a bunch of critics a movie with this name, and then go show a bunch of other critics the same movie but with a different name, and see what their reactions would be after that. Like I, I would, I can almost guarantee you that is where that came from. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I could see that completely happening because, okay, now it's up to 60% at Tomato Meter, but that's after, because I think the reason why we got a later screening is because all of the critics who they courted for this movie were the ones who basically shit on it. Yep. And that's why and they, they saw started different... kicking it back out to the other regions. Okay, so maybe we should have another screening that they get to see. That was the other thing, too. To more people. Yeah, that was the other thing, too. I, I, I kind of forgot about the movie because I, I, they did screeners for this early. And then the scores were so bad. But then, so all mm-hmm. of a sudden I realized, wait, wait, it didn't come out already? And that's when I realized, I was like, oh, it hasn't come out, so we're not going to get a screener for it? And then they put the screeners out there, I'm like, and they've even been pushing it as, and again, this is never, I get why they're doing it, but it's never, it, never, it doesn't really drive confidence. Uh, when they start saying, oh, highest audience score, and they hear it from the audience score because they know the critic score is so bad. I'm like, mm-hmm. mm, you guys did... There's there's another movie yeah. this year that they did the, did the same thing where it's like you sent it to the wrong people you sent it to the wrong people why would you send it to oh it was um Indiana Jones when we realized who they was it Indiana Jones where they you were like why would you let those assholes watch it oh first? yeah no they saw it at the festival and, and yeah. they were just trash yeah why would you why would you why would you send an old Indiana Jones to the festival why would you think that that was gonna be a smart move to make no you should have this is absolutely one of the ones they should either have not done screeners for or done uh, they should have actually pulled a WB, which is WB loves doing this. Do a bunch of uh, screeners just for audiences. Drum up the audience score. Drum up the the attention to it, and then don't even let critics see it. Like they they should have done it that way, and just let it do word of mouth. Should at this point, you got writers and actors on strike at the same time anyway. Word of mouth is probably the best fucking promotion you're gonna fucking get. So. Yeah, this well, is, I think yeah. I think their double down was to come back and say, "Well, it's based on a true story," and I was like, "All you're doing is making the wrong point." Like yeah. when I look at the stuff that people were saying in here, they're like, "Oh, it's about the brand." I'm like, first of all, it's a PlayStation game." 
it's also second of all the academy was by nissan so many people are hung up on this idea of like a oh, product placement product placement that sometimes it's, they forget that racing. when you're talking about Wait, something that happened in the hold real on, fucking on. world hold on hold on it's a it's, yes. it's racing racing is yes. nothing but sponsors product placement like what the fuck are you talking yeah. about they're, they're, they're but that's what i mean it's like they feel like somehow we're supposed to erase these elements out of movies because well if it's just all brand it's all about capitalism i was like but this really happened these things really exist it's not devotion to brand it they're they're capitalizing on what exists but that really happened yeah he would be in a car with the playstation logo on the side because they sponsored it with nissan right they got the creator they got yamaguchi to come out of his house of course he's gonna inspect you to show the clip of some of the stuff that they did with the the polyphyte undesigned digital right so i feel like people got hung up on this this whole other thing and then they got into this like oh it's 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 unbelievable it's 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 fantasizing um it's all of these other things i was like but dude this is what actually happened this was his fucking life that these like these are not the, these are not the fantastical thing you know what i mean and somehow or another those are all the people who they showed this movie to first right and and i was like if you've never played gran turismo in the setting and then the design of like a gamers cafe where you're actually in the seat that's the real seat with the screen that kind of curves around no you've never had the same experience of Gran Turismo, but they wanted to make sure that you understood that that existed, and that's the people who were they kind of invited to compete to be in this thing. So yeah, they got to show you that stuff, but they can't do it without showing you the PlayStation. Right. They can't show you the cars without showing you a couple of the Nissan racing vehicles. And let's be real. The second you get into the racing world, do you think any of the people who really sponsor those drivers are going to demand that their shit be on his suit in the movie? So I feel like they got hung up on all this thing and they wanted to bash all this stuff. It's the same way the people came in and said, oh, Barbie's just a Mattel grab because and they never watched the movie. And I was like. They leveraged the things about Gran Turismo into this story in a way that kind of made it make sense. This is not a highbrow tour event. It is a charming, well-paced, feel-good, happy-ever-after biopic set within the world of this event that happened around Gran Turismo. That's it. That's it. It's a sports movie. And they did a respectable job with the driving, with the angles, with um, showing some of the things that were necessary to take a kid who never gets out of his chair and turn him into a top performance athlete who can handle a vehicle that can drive insane speeds in very, very dangerous conditions. But they also, you know, they play to the Hollywood sports racer movie thing. So, you know, you've got the big bad and their composites of real people that they made into like the bad guy in the film. And you've got a little bit of the Jack Sattler 
the um, backstory, but, you know, all of these things that they pulled together. And it's just, you know, it's just a slightly above average standard sports movie. That's why I said it falls somewhere between your Days of Thunder and, and your Ford versus Ferrari. But I feel like a lot of people keep wanting to make a Fast and Furious reference because they want to devalue what's real in this story because it's unbelievable. And almost 100% of all the unbelievable parts in this movie are fact. And I don't, I don't know what you do about that. It's like, I mean, the lead is, is respectable. He's a little young, but again, it's a teenager who became a professional racing driver. He's a little petulant start, right? Right. But yeah, I think, they, I think they check all the boxes of what you're supposed to do for this standard kind of biopic blend into a racer movie, and they do a respectable job. Um, I didn't really pay too much attention of any of the brand stuff, but again, I play video games. I watch racing, so I expected to see that kind of stuff because that's the world the movie takes place in, and that's the real world. But yeah, yeah. They use a couple of techniques. Neil has learned some things from watching other people doing like first first person camera work, and it has been to his advantage. Good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you're going to this movie expecting to get the 2023 version of Last Starfighter, you're going to be disappointed. Not just because there's you're never going to get another Last Starfighter, so you should clearly just go watch Last Starfighter again. But it's it's way it, they did way better than I thought, and yeah, I'm, I'm at a I'm at a seven. Okay, well there you guys have it. That is the review for Gran Turismo. Uh, is a seven out of ten from Ro. Uh, you can find the rest of the reviews on Movie Trailer Reviews, and yeah, we have a bunch of other stuff too. I think we're gonna try to get a. I gotta try to. Hmm, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get that insanity check in this month, but um, I am definitely gonna try to see if we can get the. Spoiler review for Blue Beetle up because we do need to talk about that. So we'll try to do that this weekend. So, like, it, is it possible that I are you allowed not to do an insanity check in the month that half the things that you've oh, been predicting actually, you for the last what? two years uh, actually come to actually, fruition? Yeah, I got to like, figure out how to do that. We'll figure out how to try to get one. I'll, I'll figure Yeah, I'm just saying. I, I went back I and listened to some old ones yeah. and, like, I really wish you would just randomly push out some lottery numbers because, bruh, you are batting. Thousand right yeah, I now. forgot. We got. I got to do one because old boy did get get rain today. Oh fuck. Okay. Um. All right. Yeah. Uh, not a rain. He turned himself in. Um. All right. Um. Yeah. Just stay tuned, folks. We got some more stuff coming out. So, yeah, we'll get to that. So again, folks. Uh. Oh. And also, uh, shout out to Baby Palmer who has joined us. So. Um. The cutest baby. Yes. Since the last MTR baby. Yes. So, again, folks. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, we're out of here. Peace. <laughs>